Praise the Lord. Good to have the Stevens tonight. Good to have everybody here tonight. Yes, sir. Well, the revival was good. sacrifice to get out every night and do stuff but then when it's over I miss it because I go to work and old carnal guy beats me up all day and I got to wrestle that all day when we was having revival it was a lot more easier think about God all day it's like nobody could bother me that first night first day Wednesday was rough you know at work and then the rest whole rest of the week just went great then it went back to being rough again come Monday. <laughs> but, you know, I was, I was, went out to feed the pigs today after work and coming back, I was listening to some stuff and, you know, God started really moving on me and uh, I, 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 I can't, you know, you just can't put a price tag on stuff like that because right. that owns that little personal relationship you have with God and the creator of all things, you know, and right. and when you realize that, He's just, you know, he gave you a free will. He didn't make robots. He just commands you, do this, do that, do that. So you're going to go through some stuff. But that whole time you're on this earth, he's just continually trying to stir you to get you to have a relationship with him because you'll just put it back down. And then, and then he always tries to stir you. He always tries to stir you up. And that's what we're doing here today and tonight and letting God stir us up and just get continue in that relationship it's a wonderful thing you know and you know and I was when I was driving and God started working on me stuff I was thinking about my wife you know and back in the day when she was going through that tough time and you know feeling like she was alone and destitute and not realizing that the creator of all things was right there with her Amen. just stirring her just trying to get her stirred up just enough to where she'd just say all right God I'm ready ready to go your way it's just a wonderful thing every time I think about it I can't help but get an emotional deal about it. people say hey, it's emotionism that's not the spirit of God that's emotionism well yeah everybody's got emotions some of them are mean emotions it's me on Monday no look forward to tonight's service brother Isaac and take up an offering we'll give them to the Lord we've got an offering on is it Christmas Day that we're that we can give any time up until then correct what is the offering what we're given Christmas for Christ and that is due on the 25th correct we want to have that final in there so keep thinking about that Christmas for Christ and a special offering so tonight we're gonna to have a good old church service and we're gonna continue with revival Amen. revival we're going to continue that because we want this church to grow spiritually. Yes. People will come when this church starts growing spiritually, and uh, we are ready for that. So let's all just stand. Let's all just start giving God some thanks. We'll sing some songs. Brother Isaac can take up an offering, and good to be in the house of God tonight. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness, God. We worship you tonight. Oh, we magnify you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for all your many blessings. God, we thank you for this church, we thank you for this church body, Lord Jesus, we thank you for blessing us and keeping us, keeping your hand on us, God, you're such a good God, oh, we praise your wonderful mighty name, God, oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, praise your mighty name, God, thank you, Lord Jesus, we love you, God, thank you, Lord, oh, Lord. 
shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you receive? We shall receive the report of the Lord. His report says, I am healed. His report says, I am filled. His report says, I am free. His report says, victory. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you receive? We shall receive the report of the Lord. His report says, I am healed. His report says, I am filled. His report says, I am free. His report says, victory. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you receive? We shall receive the report of the Lord. His report says I am healed. His report says I am Jesus, I have decided 
to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Oh, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Yes, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Oh, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Been a while, been a while, may have almost forgotten what he sounds like, <laughs> like riding a bicycle, God bless you, love you, appreciate you, thank you brother, praise the Lord everyone, I'm just praying the Lord won't allow me to be a letdown to you tonight after all those good services. <clears throat> I do have a word tonight for you, and I um, feel like that the uh, Lord is in it, and um, it may be a little bit slower pace, if that's all right with you. I'm turning your attention to the book of Mark, chapter 2, Mark 2, and I'm going to read 12 verses, 1 through 12, so um, if you aren't feeling strong enough, stay seated. If you're okay standing, stand. I'll, I'll leave it up to you. <clears throat> Familiar story in the scriptures, and um, trusting that uh, the Lord is going to bless you tonight. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and there was noise that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the salt, uh, palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there was certain of the scribes sitting there, and reasoning in their hearts, why doth this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit 
that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. And that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose and took up his bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I want to use a title tonight, Beyond Words, Beyond Words. I want to give you a few insights that I have concerning this story that, that uh, may at least, at least make you think. And, um, and the outcome is to consider tonight uh, what, what the Lord is doing all around us and in our lives also. Uh, would you pray with me, Lord? I pray that truly you would anoint the Word of God that has been uh, ministered tonight. Lord, I pray for that passion and that purpose of your Word. I pray, Lord, that you would give us insight, Lord, that we would comprehend tonight what the Word is saying. Lord, I pray that you bless this church, grow this church spiritually, grow it in maturity, grow it numerically, grow it with its finance, grow it, Lord, with its uh, ability to reach out into the world around us. Lord, let us be a church, O oh God, that goes beyond words tonight. I pray that you bless, for we ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. There's a lot of things we don't know in this story. We don't know whose house it was. It was just in the house. So maybe it was a disciple's. Maybe it was uh, someone uh, there that was in leadership. I don't know. All right. We don't know that. It's not really material uh, for our lesson in any case. But he was, he was home. He was in a house. The second thing I want you to realize is that we never know what he taught there that day. Never tells us the words of life coming out of the very author and finisher of their faith. And we don't know what his words were, what he was teaching them. What we know is the circumstance that took place and how that Jesus had to deal and minister to several different groups of people. One, he had to speak with the people who had come to hear him, those who were hungry to receive the word. He also had to speak to men whose faith was so great that they took it upon themselves to lower a friend through the roof in order that somehow they might get in the proximity where Jesus was, that he might heal them. He also had to preach and teach to the, the Pharisees who were there, who, who amazingly enough, with the press of the people and everything, they were sitting. They, were, they had front row seats. They, they were right there in the front where they saw everything happening. And interesting, the diversity of this story. 
And Jesus had to give each of them something that would help them in order to, that they might be right and, and, and correct with God. One of the basic laws of Eastern culture in that day with the people of Capernaum was that there were no invitations handed out. People just flooded in a house that came to hear Jesus. Because uh, friendship and, and being able to uh, uh, have freedom to come in among those that you live with and among was, was free course. And so it wasn't a matter of having tickets. It wasn't in a coliseum. It was just in a house. And they packed that place out, didn't they? The fortunate thing was that, therefore, there were many who came through the door who the Bible said they were so full in the house that they were pressed around the doorway of the house. And how many who needed to touch him could that day? I don't know. But it was this miracle that took place that day with lowering this man through the roof that became the opportunity to reach every one of those groups of people with a message of God's Word. Consider this scene with your eyes for just a moment in your imagination. As Jesus looked up, as he heard the commotion and the sounds, it couldn't have been easy cutting through a roof for the roofs in that day were all flat and and the best of my knowledge, they walked on them. So they must have been something fairly durable. I don't know if sticks and, and, and all were woven. I, I don't know if it was layers of moss and dirt and grass. I don't, I don't know how they built it, but I know it took some effort to get in through the roof. It would be difficult to move, I don't know if they were tiles or lath or grass or mud or whatever it was. But they made such an effort that they made this so that this one man could be brought into Jesus' midst. You have to admire these four men. Um, these characteristics that these men have, uh, just kind of a, as a sideline, just to think about this tonight. Um, if you want to be someone who's going to be a part of God's kingdom. God's kingdom is all about fish. Fishers of men. God's kingdom is all about his will and purpose is always going to include somebody else in your life that you're living. So, these men were deeply concerned. They were so concerned that they were willing to obstruct in order that they might heal and see this man taken care of. Probably that means they were also willing to patch it up after they got through. I don't know, I guess I would want to do that if I tore someone's house up. So the first thing is they were deeply concerned about a friend. They, they cared. The second thing is you have to honor their faith that they believed that Jesus was the one that could heal him. Amen. That would meet his need. The third thing is simply this. They didn't just pray about it, but they actually acted on their desire 
in order to get this man into the presence of Jesus, they went the extra mile. They, they went through the, uh, the extra effort to make it happen. Uh, that might be one of our problems in this day and hour that we're living. Oh, I'll pray for someone, but am I willing to, to press through to win the victory for them and help them? And so they dared to work together. They unified in order for the good of the man that they cared for. Jesus rewarded their unity. He rewarded their desire for this man to be whole. That's something to think about tonight. That, that you do have an instrumental part of reaching your town your family, your neighbors, your loved ones. Now, we can't go in there and force anyone to do anything. All of this is always their free will. But let it be known that Kevin Erickson tried hard enough to make sure everything was clear. <laughs> Not to condemn him, but to make a way. How easy would it have been for those men to simply say, well, Look at the press. It's impossible. We might as well. We'll just have to, Sam, we're going to have to look for a better day, and then we'll get you to Jesus. Wow. When the Lord looked down and saw this palsied man lying on that mat, somehow Jesus immediately knew what the heart of the matter was. Now, I can tell you that according to other scripture, we can look up tonight, sickness is not always because of sin. And so another thought for you to think about tonight is, is that Jesus knew what the issue was. And I have to wonder if this man didn't also know. Yeah, he knew. His own conscience rang true. We don't have him answering for his deeds, but we know that Jesus, when he recognized what it was, the man didn't argue with him either. The Bible says this is John 9, 1 through 3. And, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I'm talking to you tonight about this idea beyond words. Jesus didn't, we don't have to know what he taught that day to see the response and the remedy that came from Jesus because of what he did with his words. Even before he healed a man's body, Jesus spoke peace to this man's heart and announced that his sins were forgiven. You have to remember this tonight, that every time you talk to someone about how you love God and how you'd like them to know the Lord. Always remember that the outcome must be relationship-based. 
when Jesus spoke to that man, Scott, and he said, your sins are forgiven, what, did that, what door did that open for that man to say, oh, my Savior, my God? I can't forgive sins tonight, but I can take people to the place where they can find forgiveness of sins. I'm not God tonight, but I know a God that I have a relationship with, and I want to share the relationship beyond words tonight I'm talking about. Going beyond words. It's not just, have you got Acts 2.38 down good? Have you learned enough lessons not to say, turn or burn, repent or perish, is not going to get someone to come to church. <laughs> That's sitting in a seat of judgment. You have to wonder if this man saw these pages flashing through his mind of what he knew, no doubt brought about his problems and issues that he had. You see, forgiveness will always be the greatest miracle. We keep wanting to see someone's arm fixed or someone's cancer done or, or someone's sugar diabetes fixed. And I, I mean, those are commendable and we should pray about that. But, but what would happen if you ever got them to the point where they said, oh, he is forgiving me. He does love me. God is real. Am I making sense tonight? Beyond words. Beyond words. We're going, we're talking about a church tonight that's going to reach our community. Not because we're good, but because he is a wonderful Savior. He's a God of relationship, and he wants us tonight to touch lives. Amen. Forgiveness is the greatest miracle that there is. What will save them? Fixing diabetes will not save them. Healing cancer, though it would be impressive, does not heal them. But forgiveness, well, that, that does a lot. Amen. You see, forgiveness is not only in earth, but it's also in heaven. Forgiveness meets the greatest need in a person's life. There is no better remedy for you to share than forgiveness. Forgiveness also costs the greatest. There is no cheap forgiveness. If there is, it's not real. It always brings the greatest blessings, the most pure relationship, the most lasting friendships happen because of forgiveness. Maybe we should thank God for those that we have ought with. That God is somehow opening a door for us to have a greater relationship than we ever thought we could with that jerk. <laughs> right? Talking about before the Lord gets a hold of me. <clears throat> but then Jesus looked around and he saw the critics. Luke 5 and 17 says this, And it came to pass on a certain day he was teaching, and there were Pharisees and doctors of the law 
sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. What could feel a Pharisee? Forgiveness. What could heal those who are so educated they know all the law, and yet there's something wrong with their spirit? Now, the religious leaders had every right to question Jesus. I mean, they were the leaders of of the keepers of the law in that hour. And it was their job to protect the church. So they had a right to inquire. Just the, the bad thing is, is that they came with this in, in uh, no, you got the right word, uh, with a critical mind. I wanted to say invictive. That's not a word. Oh, <clears throat> forgive me. If they had come with an open mind, it would allow their heart to be open. And it would allow them to seek the truth that became readily available and obvious with Jesus being there. But they had to close all those doors. They had to shut them off. They had to keep separation because, because they were looking at things merely from their position of authority, not his position of all authority. <laughs> Here in John 4, 1 through 4, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. I'm pointing this out to talk about this wrong attitude. They weren't handling the Lord correctly. I said a few weeks ago that the same words that encourage one, the same words that instruct another, are the same words that must judge another. Because God is, is righteous. He is holy 24-7. He was you know, popular in that hour. That's right before he started digressing in his ministry people bringing accusations against him. But you can imagine that this was a very popular place to go to hear Jesus speak. You can only imagine that these Pharisees must have arrived early to make sure they got a good seat. But when the Lord looked within their hearts, something about beyond words today, he saw that critical spirit in their lives. He saw their heart bent in the wrong way or the wrong purpose or reason. And they began to accuse him of blasphemy. Wow. Pretty strong words to call the king of glory, wouldn't you say? They said, after all, only God can forgive sins. Now, it's interesting to note in this because just a couple more things I want to bring to your awareness tonight. 
We're talking about the way the Lord worked and moved in these scenarios beyond the words that we don't even know what he said or taught that day. Jesus was claiming to be God when he could forgive sins, wasn't he? He made that very clear. But in the next moment, he proved himself to be God when he began to read their hearts and know exactly what they were thinking and the corruptness of their minds. John 2 and 25 says an interesting verse, not, not this story, but, but nonetheless relating to Jesus. And needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Hebrews 3 and 13 says, But exhort one another daily, which while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through deceitfulness of sin. They wanted the reason among themselves and throw darts at the Lord. They wanted to ponder his words and find accusation and find and accuse him. And so he asked them, which is easier to say, to heal a man or to forgive him of his sins? This, my friend, took it beyond the first blasphemy, where now he actually did heal, and not one of them could. With all their knowledge of the word, all their authority in the temple, all their position of power, Jesus stood up and was the God that we needed in our lives today. And so Jesus does something here. The healing of this man's body that day was an illustration and it also became a demonstration of the power of a God who has the power to forgive and the power to heal. The scribes and the Pharisees that day, being that they could neither heal nor forgive, were put into a place where they could do nothing more than acknowledge that truly he had the characteristics of God that they could not deny that day. But Jesus went on in the third strike to these men by affirming that he was the Son of Man. That term, um, Mark alone uses it 14 times. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's stated 80 times, Son of Man. Because if you go back to Old Testament Scripture, you find that that truly was a statement of who the Messiah would be. What would have happened if someone could open their heart? Well, number one, there would be a whole lot less adversity, a lot less problems, bad vibes in the room. And all oh, to think of all the hope it could spurn that there would be people in their families and friends and neighbors and loved ones, other peers of their co-workers who also were men of authority and of, of truth of word. And their lives could have been changed. But yet even Jesus could not 
change them unless they ask to be changed. One thing that we should learn tonight is that the sickness was as sin, and sin, when it was healed, was as a sickness being healed. I think of all the people I have prayed for to be healed, and I'm not sure I have connected forgiveness with that prayer that I prayed. I wonder tonight, going beyond the words of the Lord, what he would like for us tonight in this place as we also care about people, we invest in people, we love them, we do not judge them. We, it's fair to assess and assume, if, that's, if I can use that term, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Oh, tonight, to be able to share a word with someone by bringing about, you can't force them to be forgiven, but oh, to offer them a way, a path of forgiveness is the greatest thing that you will ever be able to offer them. Amen. What an opportunity that day. Jesus used a miracle in order to reveal all the word to touch every one of these groups of people and to speak in ways that we never did hear him make any quotes but he spoke in an audible way through his spirit and his love and his intention to do good for mankind. And I tell you today, you will be the most like Jesus when you are investing in someone else. You will be the most like the Lord when you care about them enough to care about them being right with God. Would you stand with me tonight? Getting ready to have our New Year's Day service. Can't wait for that. Talking about what God wants to do in 2023. Let's talk about it. Why not? Talk about what God's going to do. Maybe some new thoughts of what we're going to do to make ourselves more available and workers for the kingdom of God. Last year, you remember, we filled out a piece of paper of things that we wanted to, to do better and, and become. Brother Foster, I speak highly of them sometimes, and sometimes I'm, I'm harassing them, but this time I'm going to speak highly of them. They do a friend day. I, you all have heard of friend days, I'm sure. It's not a new concept. But somehow they, they made it work. They did the one here just a couple Saturday nights ago. They invited churches to come in with their choirs or singing groups. Uh, they kind of had a sing inspiration is what it was. And um, they, they had contracts on the wall. And every week for about six weeks, they, they got people to sign a contract saying that they would come. Um, just a fun way. I don't know how many came and how many didn't. It doesn't matter. But it's an effort to get people to 
to say, hey, I know that you don't, you don't go to our church and, and I'm not asking you to miss yours. But let's have an event and, and get these people. And they packed their church out. And the response was great. And um, I'm thinking that maybe we need to try something new this year. What do you think? We could, we could feed people, and, and that may be something we want to do with the fire department or the police. But I'm thinking that tonight, what would happen if we really promoted a special event that was not a normal church hour? And that's get some other churches to come in and sing with us. And let's do something big. Might go with, might work. And really, if we got one, that would be good, wouldn't it? But I mean, I think that maybe we could get a few more people on the pews here. Let them have a good time in the Lord. Amen. Somehow, we're praying every day of our lives, Lord, speak through me beyond my words. Speak through me. Let me be a vessel. Let me do your work. Amen. Lord, I pray that you bless tonight. Lord, I pray that you bless and, and let this word would, Lord, speak to us. And, and we would think and ponder this for a, a moment here and a moment there. And we would make room for God to do great things. Lord, I pray that you would bless in the church. Lord, I thank you so much for the revival we had and looking forward to the next one. And Lord, I pray that we would be a church that would bind together. We also would be unified like these four men would. And we would get people to the place where Jesus could touch them. Lord, I pray your anointing tonight upon each and every one. Lord, bring us back Friday night for our banquet. Lord, do great things. Let it be a wonderful time. Lord, I pray that we could have visitors come and they would be blessed. And Lord, I pray for Sunday, our service. Lord, that you do great things. For we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Next time I'll try not to put you to sleep. Interesting things there on that story, isn't it? Wasn't just a, just a quick reference to the to the men.